0: Welcome back. You're attending the Cesar Chavez 15th annual event hosted by Tarot's Health and Arizona State University. And I'm Kathy Fairbanks, I'm the host of the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour, and that airs every Thursday at one o'clock Pacific. And it's sponsored by Clemmer.com. Now today we are joined by our guest expert from the Maricopa Integrated Health System. We have Sasha Jackson with us, and welcome today. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. You bet. (laughs) So for folks who don't really understand or know what the Maricopa Integrated Health System is, um, you've been around a long time. So unpackage this
1: for us a little bit and share what your services actually provide. Sure. Uh, Maricopa Integrated Health has been providing um, inpatient services for a very long time, obviously emergency um, services as well as trauma one. Um, We have an extensive behavioral health um, service as well, uh, both uh, inpatient, um, involuntary, most times. But we've recently extended to outpatient behavioral health services. And so I supervise one of the outpatient behavioral health programs called the First Episode Center. But we also have about 12 family health centers within the um, community that provides integrated health. So there's behavioral health and primary health um, being provided at the family health centers as well, as as well as the um, actual hospital setting.
0: Okay, Mm -hmm. all right. So share with me a little bit about what brings you to this conference. It seems like a natural, but let's let's make sure we have a clear understanding.
1: And so uh, for the first episode center specifically, we provide services to young people between the ages of 15 and 25 who are experiencing their first episode of psychosis. And so generally most of our referrals are coming from an inpatient setting involuntarily. Mm -hmm. And so we want to use the community to ensure that we understand or that they understand the importance of early intervention, specifically so that people can minimize hospitalizations, so that needs are being met with behavioral health and brain health the same way they are with physical health, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's heart attacks or diabetes. But we want to kind of, I guess minimize the stigma of brain health conditions so that we all are able and willing to provide the necessary support to so a young person experiencing their first episode. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things that I type of, uh, sometimes I correlate to is... Most people in any room are CPR first aid trained. But if you were to ask the same question to those individuals, if they're mental health first aid trained, most of them would not be able to say yes to that. And it's because so many times we've separated the brain from the body. Mm -hmm. And so we try and do what we can to um, engage in any community event. We try and attend conferences and different things like that so that the churches schools, social workers, people are able to recognize when a young person is struggling with a brain health condition that's hindering their education or hindering their ability to communicate with their family members, different things like that, so that we can minimize hospitalizations, Mm -hmm. as well as the typical derailment of a person's academic and... um, Occupational goals in their life
0: mm-hmm. Well, and I'm guessing too If that age group, because you're still developing In Correct. the brain, obviously um, They can be passed along For years and years and years And not
1: receive a diagnosis Definitely um, For the First Episode Center, our specific pro- Program only provides services to a primary Psychotic disorder And so those types of diagnosis will be Schizophrenia, schizoaffective And so what happens is when a young person Has been experiencing um, symptomology most times they're treated with, with things of more of their symptoms such as like the depression or the uh, withdrawal or whatever they may be experiencing. And because antipsychotic medications are usually not prescribed to someone under 18, most times young people are just kind of floating along, barely making it through life, having voices or experiencing um, altered reality until someone is able to recognize that this person needs more support than what they're receiving. And most times too there's a loss of education, maybe they were in school and they were struggling so hard that they may possibly even lose like their financial ability to cover school costs. Mm-hmm. And so we want to ensure that we're doing our part in the community so that people can recognize like, hey, maybe you should get connected with some evidence-based practice to, ke- to keep you in school mm-hmm. before you lose this opportunity.
0: Sure, sure. Yes. And we just had a beautiful interview with Deputy Chief Wagner. Yes. And I'm thinking um, your program mm-hmm. can go a long way of keeping incarceration out of the picture because I'm sure some of the psychosis
1: could end up. We we have had um, uh, quite a few of our young people whose first break has resulted in legal concerns. Mm. And so the importance, another thing that we really push is having these community, um, the community like police officers, CIT trained Mm -hmm. because the difference in um, understanding a brain health condition and even the approach in understanding like this person is not that they are intentional with trying to, I guess, break the law, but Maybe they are so unwell that they don't understand that standing in this traffic is possibly a danger to me Mm -hmm. or um, breaking this glass right now because I'm trying to save this person on the other side because they see demons or something. So everything is um, is definitely uh, considered understanding that once that legal uh, situation occurs, it's so hard to remove it. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to try and find uh, a job with a felony. It's so hard to do that. And so we definitely try and work as uh, as closely as possible with trying to um, get those charges either men- moved to a mental health um, court mm-hmm. so that the person is seeking treatment to show that they are trying to restore their lives. And this was not an intentional decision that caused this legal concern. Sure. Sure. Definitely. Exactly. Well,
0: you're clearly passionate about what you do. Um, unpackage for me a little bit about your pathway and your steps of how did you end up
1: in the field that you're in is so passionate about? Sure. Well, for me, um, I started off, my undergrad is actually in pre-law. And so I was working for the city of Detroit for a few years, providing free legal services, uh, focusing on family law. Mm -hmm. And we received a grant that allowed me to create a program in Children's Hospital of Michigan, where we were providing services to uh, families who were experiencing a lot of um, legal concerns, but their children were also medically unwell. Mm. And so at some point, I moved to Arizona. And I began working for the REBA. And I also uh, received my master's in social work and became licensed. And um, I began providing services on an outpatient basis. At, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with, like, assertive community, community treatment teams. I was a clinical director for a while. And then um, at some point, this opportunity for MIHS became available after some of the huge things that happened was like the 2012 Sandy Hooks shooting mm-hmm. um, and uh, President Obama at the time signed the Consolidation Act for early intervention programs to be implemented in every state and so I had the privilege and blessing of mm-hmm. having this one here in, in the state of Arizona and so now I'm currently actually working on my doctorate in behavioral health. I have like another year left Alright. Um, so, <laughs> and so, um, but so when the opportunity came um, it just kind of fell in my lap. God just blessed me there and I mm-hmm. just took a on the opportunity I love it so next year when I see you at this conference
0: I'll be saying dr. Jackson oh yeah I love it I love it <laughs> thank you so um, as, as you know this this particular event is sponsored uh, co-sponsored with
1: Tarot's health what yes. sort of integration work do you do with Tarot's health so we um sometimes depending on as, as I said our program is about a two-year program okay. so our intention um, I'll also give some feedback to say about 80% of young people who are experiencing their first episode if they're are connected with an evidence-based practice, they don't go on to need the, com- the typical community services. Okay. They can do this on their own. But there's still that like 20% that still would need the support. And so we can send referrals. We do different things in regards to how TAROS or you know an agency would be able to engage with us. But because we're such a large hospital system and we're just touching the surface of the outpatient world, mm-hmm. um, TAROS definitely is a resource for us to be able to transition services for some of our young people who are not able to do it in dependent of a community-based service.
0: Yeah, yes. wonderful, wonderful. And that's the one thing that's ringing true this year um, more than ever before is the collaborative nature Correct. and learning more about what each other's lanes are and where they get a little blurred and yes. you can can work collaboratively, integratively. Correct. Um, what do you see as your biggest challenge in 2019, 2020? What, what are you up against?
1: Well, you know, because most of our, our young people are like, Access um, on access and have a lot of financial challenges. Some things that obviously are, I'm sure, if you've asked that question to anyone else, housing is definitely a concern. Mm -hmm. Um, Having the availability of of certain resources because some of our young people, as I stated, they've been derailed from school or trying Mm -hmm. to get a job. But having the things that we take for granted day to day, whether it's a place to to sleep at night Mm -hmm. or if it's what meals we're going to have today, Um, if it's having a driver's license, these types of things Are definitely having the resources available, you know, to say, get a young person um, back a startup kid getting a haircut getting you the work boost that you need so you can go and present for that interview mm-hmm. so th- I think just financially obviously we're always looking for like donations or something for, for some of our young people to be able to be successful in life
0: mm-hmm. and you know every organization pretty much that I've spoken with today that is ringing true if yes. you don't have that place to live you don't know yes. where the next meal is coming from your mental health is is lower on that priority list Correct. you're looking you know where you going to sleep and get some warmth tonight. Correct. Um, that makes all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah, and that, I was just going to add, and that's also the, uh, I guess, the importance of us trying to help these young people in the early stages so they don't lose as much of that natural support mm-hmm. so their mom can understand what this brain health condition may cause so that she can know how to support her son or daughter or, or any family member. Sure, so, sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very giving community. You have a lot of uh, snowbirds that come in that have... Yeah have all kinds of uh, resources where, when they go back um, in the summertime, but um, when someone's here and they want to do some volunteer work and they want to make a big difference, what can they do to support in this environment, in your community? How can their skills and talents help support your
1: organization? So for for us, again, uh, because we have such a young population, they're still trying to find out what works for them. Yeah. Having someone that can help them to understand, like, w- like maybe some of their own skills, having them helping i guess helping them to evaluate their own passion we do a lot of um, community things like whether it's like barbecues in the park or Mm -hmm. we may take them somewhere socially because a part of a primary psychotic disorder are the negative symptoms that keep people withdrawn that keep people isolated and so we do a lot to push them out of that Mm -hmm. um, so that we can help get them acclimated back into the community as a whole and so as far as volunteer stuff Obviously, if we're out in the community or we have the ability to have uh, people come in and support us for that barbecue mm-hmm. or for um, something that we're doing, we, we, we participate in like a kickball event every few months oh, that wow. happens at Kiwanis Park. So, like, sometimes, like, I might be the only cheerleader for the team. So, you know, it just <laughs> depends on, like, what, what's happening in that season. Um, you know, for, for us, when, when someone wants to, I guess, be a part of things, they may open doors for us, like, say... Um, attempting to give us like gift cards for like groceries Mm -hmm. or things like that and so Mm -hmm. that's usually how they a person would give back to us fantastic Mm -hmm.
0: fantastic well I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today Sasha I really appreciate it and thanks for making a difference in Detroit and thanks for making a difference here in Maricopa County thank you so much I appreciate your time my pleasure (laughs)